today on Laura Lynn and Friends. It, it would be very tough the next couple of years, but we are there, we are doing that fight, and I hope and I believe that the common sense will prevail in our country and, and the rule of law will prevail. Well, hello everyone and welcome to The Last Days. My name's Laura Lynn Tyler Thompson and we're gonna go through this together cause it's getting crazy. So I don't know if you saw uh, what's going on, but before, before we do, you know that my father passed away and I love his old Bible. It's gotta be 80 years old. I mean, it's, if not more, I don't know. Well, he didn't get it when he was born for Pete's sake. So maybe it's only 60 years old. I don't know, it's very old. And I always love, uh, brings me comfort to read what he thought was important. And he has underlined almost every page in this Bible. And every day I like to see what he thought was important. So I opened it up today, it kind of fell open right to here. And it says uh, in Psalms 106, verse 47, it says, save us, O Lord, our God. Don't we need that right now? And gather us from among the heathen. I feel like the heathen are raging. You know what I'm saying? to give thanks to your holy name and to triumph in your praise. So I'd like to be saved from the, the heathen. Thanks for that reminder, Dad. I really appreciate it. Uh, I, I, I think the heathen are raging. Are we ready to go with that clip uh, of Trudeau? Um, he has uh, banned some some guns. Um, he's You're going to get that ready. My guest today, you are absolutely going to love. And of course, you know that I consider him to be one of the finest politicians in the land, always on the right side of what is going on. Always. If we had him as leader, we would have a very safe and prosperous country, I believe, not one that is falling to tyranny. In any case, look at our current leader. This is Prime Minister Trudeau in today's announcement about the guns. In May, our government introduced measures to implement a national freeze on handgun ownership. Today, our national freeze on handguns is coming into force. From today forward, it is no longer legal to buy, sell, or transfer a handgun in Canada. Well, do you know what else they're doing? Uh, they're making it easier for for criminals who have used guns to have lighter sentences and get out of jail faster. The same thing seems to be going on with the Build Back Better Biden in the United States of America. Why is this happening? A whole lot of things are going very, very wrong. And you may have known that there's been a, a lot of challenges in the courts to some of these tickets and also to some of the mandates, the unconstitutional things that we've had to bear as the people of Canada. Uh, we know this well, as do the people in Australia, who I'm hearing are once again beginning to have a very difficult time. We'll talk about that later. But in Canada, we believe that we're a free democracy and we should be standing up for that. And no one is a stronger advocate or fighter for our freedom in this nation and for our charter of rights and freedoms to be protected and to be honored than my dear friend, Maxime Bernier, leader of the People's Party of Canada. Hello, Maxime, welcome. Hello, Laura Ryan. I'm very pleased to be with you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Before we get to your issue, uh, you know, this is alarming. A lot of people are gonna be very upset about handguns being banned as of today in Canada. 
Yeah, so Justin Trudeau is going after the law-abiding Canadians, uh, farmers, uh, hunters, and he's not going after the criminals. <laughs> you know, in a democracy, you want to have freedom and security, and that's not happening in our country right now. It's sad, you know, uh, that's a right to, to buy a gun when you follow all the rules and the regulation. And, you know, <clears throat> uh, these are farmers and hunters, you know, they, for having the right to have a gun, they have to do an exam, they have to have an investigation by the RCMP, uh, they have to have their wife or husband to approve it. So there's a long process and, and, a, good, and a good process. And, and now what is telling them, you know, oh no, you're, uh, you're not responsible enough, so you won't have the right to buy end uh, guns anymore. Uh, and that's the first time in the history of our country that uh, that is happening, and that's scary. It is really scary. And, uh, you know, you've outlined um, on, on your tweet today, it won't change a thing for criminals, but will bring Canada closer to societies where disarmed citizens were helpless when tyrannical governments came to power. It didn't end well. And that's well spoken. I mean, Australia, people in Australia dearly regret that they, after a, a false flag event, something happened, uh, you know, they kind of freely gave in a lot of their guns. And then there's sort of been a, a ban ever since. And the people of Australia have been literally um, unarmed and unprotected citizens from their very tyrannical measures that went on. And I have, um, I've received something that I'm going to call a, uh, like it's, um, you know, it's just a rumor, but an Australian contact that we have is saying that they are beginning to take measures to actually go in amongst the indigenous people armed and begin forcing vaccinations. Now, I, I don't want to go any farther than to say I have it on good report from somebody there. Uh, but this is one of the reasons that we as citizens believe that we we need to be able to, to protect ourselves, protect ourselves in our homes. Crime is up so that, as you say, the criminals get away with everything and and we aren't allowed to, to protect ourselves. Uh, actually, yeah, and you're, you're right. We are supposed to live in a democracy uh, that is uh, the, the society and the government must respect the rule of law. And doing that, it's not respecting the rule of law. People have the right to buy guns and, and, and using in line with the legislation, respecting the regulation and the legislation. And what he's doing, uh, I don't understand. There's no problem with that. He try, he's creating a, a problem that does not exist. Uh, it, the solution is to go after the criminals and, and, and put all the resources there but that's not his doing, you know, uh, Canadians that um, are like their sport or, or, or their hobby, uh, they won't be able to uh, uh, buy a gun anymore and to practice their, their hobby and, and, and their sport. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, I don't recognize my country anymore, Rogadin, and it's, it's very, very, uh, it's, it's a sad day for our democracy. It's a sad day for uh, also, uh, our justice system, because as you know, we will discuss my case uh, that, I, I, as you know, I sued the federal government with Brian Pitford on the rest restriction that Trudeau imposed on us. Yes, and, and I want to know how that turned out and uh, what, what you're feeling, uh, you know, as a result of that. 
And uh, then I'd also, you know, uh, I see that you did tweet, you know, basically about, uh, you know, your legal challenge, but also that Trudeau said this week he could bring back his authoritarian COVID measures if we don't all get more shots. And you know, uh, Maxime, you have been on the right side of this the whole way. You are for freedom. If you want to get the shot, get the shot. If you don't want to get the shot, don't get the shot. It's one of the reasons that you've taken the court to task, um, you know, to respect our freedoms. But uh, Prime Minister Trudeau said so that uh, he used the word danger. I thought that was very um, interesting. He said so that you need to get the shot so that we're not in danger of having to go back to the restrictions, you know? Yeah, everybody must be free to do what they want with their body. And what Trudeau did to unvaccinated Canadians the last two years, uh, it is imposing his point of view. We were living in an authoritarian country when Trudeau imposed a vaccine passport on unvaccinated Canadians. I was not able to travel across the country freely. And we have a constitution, we have a charter of rights and freedoms. And I believe that he was not respecting our charter of rights and freedom. Also, Brian Petford, as you know, is one of the father of our uh, uh, charter of rights and freedom. He was there as the premier of Newfoundland a couple of years ago when we implemented uh, the Charter of Rights in our constitution. So we decided, Brian and myself, to sue the federal government, the Trudeau governments, because we believe that we have the right and we must have that right to freely uh, travel across our country. So that case was supposed to start October 31st. We had five days of hearing, but uh, in the beginning of September, uh, the lawyers working for the government, for the, the government decided to uh, put a motion before the judge and they said, you know, the case uh, must be uh, moot uh, because, you know, these uh, draconian measures are not in force anymore. Trudeau suspended the vaccine passport for Canadian travelers. So there's no reason for you, uh, the judge, to uh, go uh, to, to proceed with that lawsuit. And we were w waiting for a decision. That decision came yesterday at the end of the day. The judge said yes to the government. The judge said the case, our case is mute because uh, Trudeau suspended the vaccine passport and because the vaccine passport is not in force anymore. So it's a very, very uh, dangerous decision. It's a very bad decision. It's a deny of justice. You know, we need the tribunal are there when you don't like what your government is doing and you must have the right to uh, proceed and to have a hearing before uh, the tribunal. But, and also it was in the public opinion and the public interest to have that hearing, but the judge said no. So, Loraline, <laughs> what that means uh, it means that, you know, you can commit a crime in Canada and, uh, and you, uh, you'll, uh, when the judge will, will say, oh, yeah, you committed a crime, you must go in prison. Oh, no, now I won't commit that crime anymore. So that case must be uh, mute <laughs> because, you know, that was in the past. That was in the past. And I'm Let's telling you that in the us. future. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm telling you that in the future, I won't do that crime anymore. So that's what the judge is telling us. And Trudeau, that's what, with that tweet, Trudeau said two days ago that if we don't take our shots, we may have the risk to see that vaccine passport coming again. That the vaccine passport was suspended, only suspended, not abolished. So Trudeau just said that, and the judge said, oh, it's okay, we won't go on with that case. Uh, you know, that's, uh, it's uh, for the justice system in our country. Uh, the justice system in our country is losing a lot of credibility with that decision. And uh, it's a shame. And we must have, you know, we have the executive power in our country, the legislative power and the judiciary power, and the judge doesn't want to do his job to, to hear that case and to have a decision on that case. We won't be able to have that decision. So what we decided to do, uh, Brian Pedford and myself, we uh, will appeal that decision before the Federal Court of Appeal. We want to go ahead with our case. We want to, uh, we have witnesses. Uh, we did uh, examination and cross-examination of all these witnesses, and that must uh, go on. We must be able to have a decision concerning our uh, charter of rights and freedom and our right to travel freely across our country. So uh, that, that's a sad day for our democracy. And I believe the judge doing that, she uh, discredit uh, the, the justice system in our country. You know, uh, although it's really funny, it's really sad. Like, you're absolutely right. It's like saying... You know, we might have we might have done something wrong, but anyways, it's over. So let's move on and get over it. Can't we all just get along, people? And uh, let's you know let's just you know go back into happy land. Except we're not in happy land. We have a government who's now continuing in the tyranny, the the gun removal, and then he's also uh, said, as you well say, that they're going to be considering bringing this back. Uh, they're not stopping, no matter what the data is. Uh, you have been posting some really great stuff on the data regarding uh, the vaccines. And no matter what is being said or comes out through science, data, the doctors, um, they're, they're going to, you know, push full ahead. In fact, are, are you ready for that? Let me show you Trudeau's clip that you're talking about where yeah. he said it would be coming. Yeah. I think one of the yeah, things perfect. to remember is flu, flu season approaches is people have got to get vaccinated. Uh, whether it's getting the flu vaccine or getting up to date in your COVID shots, uh, there are actually uh, new formulations out now that are, are up to date to cover both Omicron and the original uh, strain of, of COVID. Uh, and we encourage everyone to get those vaccinations uh, to keep pressure off of our hospitals, of our frontline heroes who are working so hard uh, to keep people safe, but also keep pressures off of our economy and communities. If we're able to get a high enough level of vaccination, we reduce uh, the danger of needing to take other health measures to make sure that we're all safe and not overloading our hospitals. Uh, and I look forward to continuing to work uh, with premiers like Premier Ford on uh, delivering uh, a strong healthcare system uh, for the future. We reduce, we reduce the danger of having to put more enforcement, an un, 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 
you know, constitutional enforcements on you. Yeah, so so that's why the judge was wrong with that decision yeah. because Trudeau just said it, and that's what our lawyers were saying. These restrictions can come back. And you know, in our society, Loraline, you as an individual, you are responsible of your actions, the good one and the bad ones. So, but right now, what the judge is telling us, you know, your, your leader, your prime minister, uh, is not responsible of his actions. Like all Canadians, we cannot have a decision about what Trudeau did to us Canadians. So he is free. He can do what he wants without having any uh, decision or or any uh, a, a, any action or debates about what he's doing in front uh, in a court. So that's uh, that's scary. That's scary for our democracy. And, uh, and I hope that when we will appeal that, we'll have a judge that will understand it's, it's a very, very dangerous precedent, uh, uh, that decision. Absolutely. And uh, you've been reporting and following very closely. You know, another one of your tweets said the justification for invoking the Emergencies Act was entirely based on downright lies from the Liberals and their lapdog media. And uh, I just appreciate that you stand so strongly. Where, you know, where are the others speaking out on this? Where is the the conservative government saying even more and going after this. I mean, they've kind of come to the, the playing field very late. But when you can hear that, um, I think it was Keith Wilson, the lawyer for the Justice Institute or Justice uh, Center for Constitutional. Yeah, for, from the center. He said um, that he couldn't believe it upon cross-examination uh, that they never told the government to enact these uh, emergency orders. And this was done absolutely because Justin Trudeau is tyrannical and wants to be like other leaders, you know, like Castro. And, and he, he loves China the way China does things. And so it makes us feel unsafe here. Uh, absolutely. And it, it's a shame that the Conservative Party of Canada is not speaking about that. Poliev is not speaking about that. And, and we were there, Loraline, and we remember uh, that was a dangerous. And now what we have during these uh, hearings, we have the police uh, from uh, Ontario and also the police from uh, Ottawa, Ottawa police. They, they all said that they didn't ask for, for that. And they were able to uh, manage a situation without uh, that new uh, tool without uh, the Emergencies Act. So what that was based on, on, on the propaganda coming from Trudeau and political repression. Uh, he doesn't want uh, the, the truckers and the Freedom Convoy to be there. And uh, also he wanted to have the power to uh, freeze bank accounts and he did it. And I remember when he did it, you know, uh, that was all over the world uh, in the mainstream media. But here in Canada, our mainstream media didn't speak about that. You know, freezing your account because you, you donate some of your money to a noble cause, a freedom cause in a free and democratic country. What's that? So, yes, Trudeau was tyrannical, authoritarian, and I hope that we'll have um, a decision, a report that will uh, say the truth that because they, they didn't have any justification 
to uh, to uh, uh, bring back that that legislation to implement that legislation no justification if you read in the legislation you know you need to have a, a war or your life must be in danger and nobody nobody was in danger in ottawa uh, during that uh, convoy actually the police said it was safe and, and the, the protesters were speaking to the police to be sure that everything is okay on the security side. So that was all repression, political repression. And uh, I hope that the, the judge will, will see that and, and write that in his report. I hope so too. Max, um, it, could I just, um, could I just uh, get a comment from your heart? Uh, this, this is unprecedented what's happening. You have been a politician for many years. Your father was a politician for many years in this country. People are actually afraid now. We have an unprecedented amount of people leaving the country and everything that the government does is so scary. And while I personally, as a person of faith, find my hope and my strength that God's in control and he's going to help us, I do have to say, when I see what this government's doing and other governments seemingly to be, you know, simultaneously doing the craziest things, um, I feel, I feel worried for Canada. Uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, people must uh, remember that we created that country, the father of our constitutions, wrote in our constitution, this country uh, has been built on the supremacy of God and the rule of law. We don't have the rule of law anymore. Look what happened with the Freedom Convoy, freezing account. Look what happened with uh, uh, people who want, want to buy guns right now. Look what is happening to us, me and Brian. We cannot cannot have that debate. You know, there's no rule of law, and uh, and I understand that some people uh, are leaving the country. But for me, I decided to do the, that fight. Uh, it's our country. It's my country, and uh, I'm doing everything to be sure that we will regain our country. You know, people are telling me, Maxime, you must change the constitution. You know, Trudeau is not respecting our constitution. No, we have a great constitution. <laughs> the problem is our politicians, our establishment politicians, they don't respect the, the, the constitution. We need to put the right people in charge. And, uh, and that's, that's our goal. That's what we are doing at the People's Party, fighting for what we believe. But it's a tough time. And you add to that the inflation, you add to that that we may have a recession, so it, it will be it, it will be very tough the next couple of years. But we are there. We are doing that fight, and I hope and I believe that the common sense will prevail in our country and, and the rule of law will prevail. But we need to be out there, and I want to thank you, Loradin, because of you, of the alternative media, the independent media. People can can know the truth, can go and follow you and other independent journalists, because we cannot count on the mainstream media. Right now, the mainstream media is the propaganda arms of the government. We we saw that during COVID-19. And, and they're not doing their, their, their job. They're, they're supposed to be the fourth power 
and being there to, to look at the government, what the government is doing. But no, they are, you know, Trudeau bought the, the, the mainstream media, uh, CBC, Radio Canada. Uh, so, so they are doing what the, what the government want them to do. So at least we have you, we have independent media, and, uh, and you are also uh, <clears throat> traveling across the country, meeting people, I'm doing the, the same. And I believe that uh, we'll be able to have a majority on our side and we'll see uh, changes that we need in this country. But like you, I don't know when, but I believe it will happen. I believe it will happen as well because, uh, Maxime, um, you are the only person that I see consistently on the exact same page that I am. Like, I'm so glad that I aligned myself with the People's Party of Canada after I was completely uh, rejected from the Conservative Party of Canada for standing against uh, gender teaching to to, uh, you know, kindergartners, and you understood that. And of course, there are some people who will speak a little bit about it, but for the most part, every member of parliament is silent on what is happening against the family. And it's not just that, but you were, you were right on about the vaccines. You were right on about freedom. You were right on about the, the guns. You're on the right side of every single issue of I would say 99% of the people that I believe vote and think the way that I do. And, uh, and I thank you for that. And I know that you haven't gotten a fair shake and the mainstream media has certainly plummeled you because you're the first of its kind. I mean, when you started coming out with, with these things, um, nobody would dare to speak the way that you did. It's, uh, it's so courageous. Thank you. They're afraid. They're afraid of the truth. They're afraid of the mainstream media and they're doing politics, looking at the poll and the survey. And we know that we are living in a socialist era. And so what I'm speaking, it's all based on common sense. And, and uh, the, you know, right now with the, uh, the, the woke and the wokeism everywhere uh, and the propaganda that the media is very efficient, the population is more to the left. So we have to do that fight. But, you know, I'm looking at what is happening in other countries, like in Italy, uh, you know, uh, they, they have a new government over there. And, you know, she did a campaign based on the three uh, principles. <laughs> she said, faith, family, and the country. So, and she was able to win, and, and that's great. So for us, we are doing that fight. We are, are putting our country first, Canadian first, and yes, we are fighting for real conservative family values, and we will do that, and we respect everybody. So I believe that our time will come, and, uh, but before that, maybe it can be a tough time. But the, the more we are speaking about our values out there, the more we have, the support will come, I believe. And the best example, Laura Lynn, is we started the party in 2018 with 0%. The, our first election in 2019, 1.6%, and the last election, 5%. So, and I'm saying the same thing, and I, that would be the same platform at the next election. So we are able to grow, and I believe we will, uh, but uh, we need to be out there, and we, we don't... Uh, we won't do any uh, compromise on our ideas. When you do a compromise, you're giving more and more to the left. No, we believe that we have the right ideas and we are ready to debate our ideas 
And actually, the good news is at the next general election, I will be on the stage and I will be able to debate with these globalist and establishment uh, politicians. So that will be that will give us more visibility. And I, I can tell you at that time, that will be a real debate. <laughs> it's going to be a barn burner. Uh, I can't <laughs> wait. And Maxime, you will always have my vote. Uh, I'm just so grateful. Thank you for your time today. Um, you know, you're, uh, I just urge everyone to follow you on Twitter, follow you on Facebook, because you are always putting out your ideas, how you feel. And every time I read something that you've said, I'm like, wow, you are full of wisdom. And honestly, I believe it's divine wisdom. You have got the handle. Uh, you've even come out and said, you know, why are we looking like we want to head towards war in the Ukraine? And I just so agree with you on that i believe everyone does the world does not need this chaos going on that everybody seems so you know uh, excited to head to war right now yeah absolutely we don't need that war and it's very dangerous uh, and uh, there you know we cannot we are we don't have any money in, in our country we are broke and we are giving money to Ukraine. We need to go back to our history as a country and our history is to promote peace and prosperity. Lester B. Person, that's our country and we must do that right now. We must uh, try to find a diplomatic solution uh, <coughs> to that war and being out there and speaking with uh, every uh, parties. Uh, so, but we are not doing that. We are pushing and pushing for 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 more a longer war i don't know what will happen but it's very very dangerous uh, so yes and it's sad Loraline, that we are the only national political party that is against that war and for peace and prosperity the ndp the conservative the liberals the bloc quebecois the green they are all gold and and full ahead and pushing for that war I think it's irresponsible and we must uh, we, we must uh, change our foreign policy on that as a country. I appreciate that there there is nobody standing up for your position that is actually in the parliament right now that doesn't want this and is fighting and speaking out against the war and that is shocking and uh, I wish that you were in power now Maxime but thank you so much for your time and uh, I appreciate all of your stands everybody needs to follow you on Twitter on Facebook and you'll always know exactly where Maxime Bernier stands because he answers the tough questions and we appreciate that about you thank you so much Maxime Thank you, Laraline. And if they know more, they can go also on our website, People's Party of Canada. They can read our platform. That platform won't change. It will be the same one. And I want to thank you. So stay strong and free. You as well, sir. You as well. Thank, thank you, you so much, Max. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You know, um, I, I didn't know that in the beginning when... Uh, it went bad for me in the Conservative Party of Canada because I realized they weren't going to stand against abortion. They weren't going to stand against the gender thing. They weren't going to stand against the, the growing euthanasia that was um, 
you know, being uh, brought out, like just now we've got very liberal, very, very liberal laws on that. I didn't realize that Maxime Bernier would actually be a person that I could respect and learn from and that that I'd moved away from the Conservative Party and I went to the People's Party, but I didn't know I would align with him on so many things. And I think that we've all kind of had a, a growth experience as we've figured out what's happening in the world. Um, the WEF, uh, Maxime has been so clear on his renouncing of that organization. And he's always on the right side, or I mean, I think he's right because he's on the, the side I, I would take for everything. And uh, he's truly, you know, he doesn't speak openly of his faith everywhere he goes, but he's a man of faith with a deep held conviction. And he's the only one that's basically said that abortion needs to be on the table to discuss because it does need to be. We've had the United States of America that has been fighting many, many years. Life is important. I think that's an important thing to be out there. It's also important that we have the kind of um, leadership that is willing to tuffle, to, to, to tackle the tough issues. That's a new word, eh? Tuffle. <laughs> to tackle the tough issues and to speak out and to be courageous. It's the kind of courage I have yet to be seeing anywhere else. And if you, if you know someone, uh, you let me know. But in leadership, in true leadership, leading a party, it's unbelievable. Of course, there's always my good friend, uh, Rod Taylor, who always says, Laura Lynn, you always say it's the only party. No, absolutely. And the Christian Heritage Party, which, I mean, you've been there for years and you're a pillar in the nation. And I love you guys for that. Um, I want to show you this clip. I'm very alarmed because the whole climate thing, I think, and uh, Maxime is all over this climate issue. This is the next problem that we're probably heading into. And I want to show you um, this clip. Is, is our next guest waiting? Oh, okay. I was kind of waiting for a notice from you. So let's do that later from, um, what's his name on the, the, yeah, Glenn Beck on the Winnipeg thing. Um, uh, I would love, love, love to introduce my next guest to you. And uh, she has put together a, she's done a documentary and I'm so blessed because I'm, I'm in it. Should we start it off with a, a clip before we bring her on? Can we do that? Uh, and, and I was really su surprised to be asked to be a part of this. Myself, Chris Skye, um, Carrie Simpson, uh, the, some freedom fighters from across the country. She got a whole bunch of things um, and people <clears throat> to give their perspectives on what we've been going through. And uh, it's absolutely amazing. So it's called Stand With Him. And here's a, a brief clip before we bring Kim on. Take a look. So a child that cannot have a glass of wine, cannot get a tattoo. Uh, in some places, you can't get your ears pierced without your parents' permission, but you can decide a life-altering thing like changing your sexuality or your gender and do it without your parents' permission or approval. Uh, we've gone mad and Canada's gone mad. They've lost their ever-loving minds. And 
Some of us are just not going to drink the Kool-Aid and fall for all of that. Stand with him. And, uh, you know, I'm on it, but hey, controversial, you know, figures like um, Chris Skye are on it. And I have to say, uh, I just, you know, Chris is a, <laughs> he's like bigger than life, right? Okay. But um, he, he gets it at this time. And uh, she's got these comments from him that are just stellar, absolutely amazing. And so Kim Lorene, I just want to welcome you to the show as the producer and, uh, and, and the director of this film. Thank you so much for being here. How are you doing? Hi, Laura Lynn. Oh, it's great to see you again. And uh, yeah, I'm really happy to be here. Okay, well, um, Kim, tell me about what inspired you to do a movie about what has happened to us, because we're all dealing with it, ongoing. And what was the premise that you wanted to bring to the audience with Stand With Him? Well, the work I do, I... I feel their stories that are placed upon me. And this was one that kind of chased me down when we got locked down and different things. I was with everyone. I knew something wasn't right that was going on around, feeling helpless, watching people around me, you know, suffering, um, what's happening to the kids, the elderly. And I was just confused about it all, but I knew something didn't feel right. So, I, you know, I just thought, let's start having conversations with people and uh, let's get to the truth of the matter. And that was what I found is people don't, or a lot, did not know what truth was, but they're seeking it. And, and that's been, as we know, the agenda at hand, confuse, divide, conquer. And they definitely were in some ways because they had us all locked down and separated from one another. So we began to sift through that. And it's interesting because uh, you mentioned Chris Skye. He was one of our first interviews that we did. He happened to be coming into town and I mean, you could hear him before he got here. That's just, you know, his way. But, I, you know, he showed up. Uh, he was ready to speak. We captured him in a light that most don't see him. And at the really end of the day, it. yeah, I believe God uses flawed people, myself included, to tell his stories and deliver his messages. And, and Chris, he really came through. And he was the one that gave me courage in the very beginning to say, hey, I can go through an airport or do whatever, you know? So yeah, he, he's done a lot for people. He, yeah, he has. He really has. Well, let, let's have a look at his clip. Cause I, I agree with you. You captured just a, a very pleasant, a very, um, I would say a sobering side of Chris Guy. Let's take a look. They're setting us up for an era of perpetual lockdowns in Canada. Why are they doing this to Canada? Why does it seem like it's only happening here? That's because it is. And why is because Canada has some of the so-called nicest people in the world. Nice, if you look at the origin of the word, comes back from Latin as naive, easily taken advantage of. And that's exactly what they're doing to Canadians. They're using our goodwill, our good nature, and our ability to see the good in others against us. 
They're telling you that you need to give up your rights, give up your freedoms, close your business, harm your children, and compromise your family's future for the so-called greater good, or you are somehow a bad person, anti-science, a conspiracy theorist, anti-masker, whatever other label of the day they can come up with to try to goad you back into compliance. And and he's absolutely right. And so you must have seen that. And that's the message. You're conveying the truth of what we're facing right now. Yeah, exactly. I I really felt led to, to get to the truth, to get to the heart of the matter. And I'm not a rocket scientist. I'm not the one who's going to solve all the problems that are going on. But something deep within told me as a as an ordinary humble person, there is something I can do here, and that is connect with the truth. And we can all do small things right where we are. And I think this film and the story that comes forth is something that connects people. It doesn't divide people. People have a place that they can come and they can talk and realize, hey, I'm not alone. And it inspires people because everything we need is right within and we can rise up. And the time is now that we have to rise up before we don't uh, have the ability to do that if they take our rights and freedoms away. Okay. Uh, you know, absolutely. And I think that what I garnered from your film, which was uh, just absolutely incredible to sit and watch it, uh, you know, you had a couple hundred people that came out to view sort of a private screening. And I think you're going to be doing more of those screenings. And um, I think that we were left with like the truth of the matter and what had happened. And in fact, you even sort of, um, I mean, climate kind of came into it a little bit and also the way that the church responded. But I like I am very, very alarmed with the fact that um, it it just is continuing and the message stand with him is continuing. You are bringing hope. You are bringing basically um, the, the viewer to the place of, okay, so all of this has happened and we actually don't know where this is going. In fact, if you've got time, how is your time today, Kim? Because I wanted to play this clip uh, from Glenn Beck on what's going on in our country uh, in Winnipeg, Manitoba. And we need to be reminded because more things, Trudeau's got big plans for climate police, right? Like this doesn't stop with what we've been through. Do you have a moment to, to go through and, and watch this clip with me and get your comment? Sure. Okay. So architectural plans have been leaked uh, from the Ministry of Environment and Climate Change Canada. Uh, they are building now, under the Trudeau administration, a new facility in Wig Winnipeg. Now, understand Winnipeg is uh, heartland Canada. It's red state central, okay? Uh, they're building this facility that will be the home to a firearms armory interrogation rooms, this according to the the uh, architectural plans, biological labs, media relations offices, I don't even know what this is, controlled quiet rooms, and intelligence facilities. The plans were drawn up by a firm in Winnipeg, 
And they kind of open a window into what climate enforcement looks like in Canada. Down the hall from the proposed firearms storage rooms are several evidence rooms, interrogation suites with adjacent recording rooms. According to a recently posted Indeed.com ad up in Canada, the ministry is searching to recruit a battalion of climate pollution officers with the uh, name of the group, the Environmental Enforcement Directorate. Doesn't that sound a little communist, just that? The entire facility is 50,000 square feet. It will uh, house hundreds of ECCC staff. Um, And the Impact Assessment Act is what gave it power. This passed in the final days of Trudeau's majority government, and it gave sweeping power to ministerial enforcement officers. But nobody knew what that was. It was just in that bill, kind of like, you know, the bill we just passed. Nobody really read it. Nobody knew what it was. The IIA empowers agents of the Ministry of Climate Change to enter premises without a warrant to verify compliance or prevent non-compliance with the Climate Change Act. Trudeau's climate police can enter any location that affects the environment to take photographs, access computer systems and communication devices, and direct any person to put any machinery, vehicle, or equipment in the place into operation or shut it down. They may also prohibit entry or access to the location entirely. Got it? Got it? Yeah, they, they're coming at us from every angle. Uh, they, and I, I believe that the, the main angle that they're after right now, the most important one to them is our children. And they are trying to destroy, destroy families, dissolve them. And uh, the enemy attacks the young and it's coming after the kids hard. And I think we need to stand tall. Parents need to rise up before it's too late because you know there's they want the climate stuff they you know they're going to probably try and lock us down with something else along the way the digital stuff but we need to rise up and protect our children because when they get the kids they've got an army for the future and all will be lost but having said that that is why this film is called stand with him because the truth lies within that title and i believe it's not any one of us that are going to solve this i know god is in control and it's up to us to be the salt and the light while we're here on earth and uh we are called to stand with him second chronicle seven fourteen. god is calling us to return to him return he's not going to put up any more with what's been going on and so it's time for you know the flock to return to him return to him i i really believe that and i think that a part of why people feel that they they need the encouragement that your film is offering is because it is so scary. I mean, uh, Trudeau's got big plans for co- climate police. This was an Alberta, uh, Alberta report that came out in August of this year, you know, and it's when his uh, his hair was sort of in that goofy mode. You remember that little era, Kim? Not yeah. not a, not a good choice, you know. But um, 
basically Trudeau's government has big plans to enforce its environmental regulations as the Ministry of Environment and Climate Change Canada is creating a new facility with interrogation rooms and all of that that we just heard. Well, here's what's interesting is that uh, they are now offering, there was a, um, there was also an ad basically where the enforcement officer, I'll see if I can get this JT, I'll take that out and, um, and I'll see if I can pull this up, but uh, climate enforcement officers where they want to pay them a lot of money and it's in all of these provinces and all of these places. Um, it's right here. Okay, see if you can get that. Enforcement officers, uh, Calgary, Alberta, Edmonton, Cranbrook, uh, Nanaimo, Prince George. If you would like to be an enforcement officer, I mean, oh, maybe there's someone watching right now and you need a job. Uh, apparently, the government wants you to enforce the climate, uh, you know, and look, it's 66000 to $75,000. What do you got to be able to do to enforce the climate regulations, you know? So, <laughs> you know, it's kind of a crazy world we've come to. And, you know, one of the things that um, that you were worried and, and maybe you had a bit of backlash too in your, in your uh, show stand with him was that you spoke about how the church had not stood. Imagine had every church stood in place for the protection of the people of Canada. What a force that would be. Well, Laura, we have been darkening the world. We have not been lighting it. And if we, the church, the people had been lighting and you know, shining bright for him, we would not be in this position that we're in now. And I am not surprised, but I am also disappointed at how the church, many churches are backing away from this film when I thought it's something that should be embraced because it is uh, showing the way, the truth and the life, and that's Jesus Christ. And so I think they have let themselves down. And I don't think Christ's church is evil. I am part of the church, but it's man who brings evil to Christ's church. You know, it's the God is shaking the world up right now. He is not putting up with any more of this. And true colors are coming through at every turn. Uh, we've all lost a lot of people we thought were friends, but we've gained a lot of beautiful connections along the way. And I hold great hope. I'm not filled with doom and gloom. From the very beginning, I have always, I've I've not been a real news junkie. I stay abreast at what's going, listening to programs like yours. But I always start my day with devotion and prayer. And I just go where he leads and needs me to be. And I believe if we would all do that, we would all uh, shine his light for him, that we could make a huge difference in what's going on. Because ultimately, it's not any one of us who are in control. It's it's God's plan for what's going to take place here. And as you say in the film, it is an, an amazing and an incredible time to be alive. And uh, I'm not afraid. I know that uh, this is a cleansing that needed to happen. And everyone who came together in the film reinforces that. And I would, you know, put um, a word out to your viewers that if you would like to see this film in your church, in your school parent group, uh, anywhere, a barn, we'll bring it there. We'll do a Q&A with you. We will get this conversation going because, you know, if we don't, who will? 
And uh, I think we're all called to stand with him. Absolutely. Now, what is the best way for anyone who's watching? Uh, there might be a pastor who'd like to, you know, um, see what this is all about and like to get a hold of you. What's the best way? If you go to our website, standwithhim.com, there's our contact information. There is information on the film. And uh, yeah, you can get a hold of us there. I'm easily uh, reachable through that. And I'm always happy to have uh, a discussion with someone who has any questions. And uh, like I said, we're going where he leads and needs us to be with this project. And uh, we appreciate your support. Kim, before I let you go, can you just give me a personal note on what it was like to go through the process of birthing this film? Um, there's a, a lot of people now, documentaries are beginning to come out because this is such an epic, like we will look back in our lives and go, wow, do you remember the 2020s? Weren't they weird? <laughs> you know, and I hope we all survive it, frankly. Exactly. But but uh, what was it like for you to, to put all of these pieces together? Well, I think for me, it, it was an inward reflection. I had to look inside myself and just be still with me in all the noise that was going on in the world. And believe me, there was much spiritual warfare going on around us and on this film and the work we were trying to do. And so I would start my day, I would be still with him, I would listen, and there would always be a little door that opened along the way. And it just really reminded me that, you know, uh, I can do this, but I have to make sure I am a pen in his hand, that I, it is his project. It's not me steering the wheel for it. And, and he really took us through some dark situations and he brought the film to where it is today. And as I said, there's been many attacks. I've had moments where I've really doubted myself, but I've never doubted what his ability is. And he showed me through my limitation is his opportunity and i believe that for each and every one of us there's a gift born within waiting to shine light on the world and we just have to have the courage to see it through and uh, he will walk beside us and he'll bring us all together and we will be the salt and the light this earth needs hundred percent and you are certainly a light kim you are just a beautiful person and you work so hard because you are so passionate about this season so i encourage all of uh, our listeners our viewers right now to get your hands on stand with him uh you know go to this website and have a look at it this would be a great film for your youth group for uh, a church um sort of maybe a, a small home group that's kind of discussing and really talking about the real issues in life. And you get a colorful, colorful array of people in this video. <laughs> Believe me, uh, what do I mean by that is what JT says. I just, I mean, you know what I mean. I don't want to spoil it. You got to see this film. It's so cool. It's not just, you know, me and Chris, it's a there's just a, a whole group and uh, people speak their mind in very unique ways. And, yeah, and I, we, I love it. We have to laugh or we'll cry. And there are some spicy things in there. I mean, not in a terrible way, but we're all human and uh, we're all living here on earth. And, uh, but ultimately 
I just encourage everyone to, to stand with him. Amen. Thank you, Kim. God bless okay, you. Thank you. Thanks for your work. Thanks for your contribution to us Canadians at this hour. It's absolutely wonderful. Thank you. And Have thank you being part, uh, Laura. You did fantastic. Thanks. Thank you. I loved it. Thank you. All right. She is a beautiful person inside and out. And this, uh, this is a really, a really cool thing. I think young people might enjoy it because, uh, it, it just, it helps you to think very deeply about what has happened. Um, I want to show this clip, uh, from the Joni show. I, I love Joni and I was on Joni. They covered the, um, freedom convoy 2022. Um, and uh, she is a lovely lady. And she had one of my favorite people on there, Lance Wallnow. Now, I have got the word that we're going to be able to get Lance Wallnow, have a little interview with him. Um, he is not easy to get. He is too busy. He's doing all his shows in the middle of the night. You know, sometimes he's got his house coat and his, uh, his slippers on and stuff, you know. Plus, he's doing daytime shows. So it's not easy to get this guy. And, um, you know, he's a bit too big for us, probably. I don't know. Um, I just, I really like Lance, uh, but one of the reasons is because he's not only funny, uh, intuitive, uh, got, he's got a very strong prophetic gift. He, uh, was the first to come out saying Trump would be president in 2016 and everyone thought he was crazy. And he even got a lot of backlash, like, how dare you say that? Trump's been married three times. He's, he's a sinner. He doesn't even think he sins, you know? And uh, Lance Wall now saying, well, I think God told me he's going to be the president. And so he took all this backlash. Um, but he really speaks out on what's going on. And, and here in this clip, he's highlighting again what we're talking about with the government, the land, these things, this overreach and tyranny. Take a listen. One of the things, Lance, that we've noticed is how, ma how many major corporations have gone through bankruptcy. Kind of talk about that side of it. 70% of the economy of this country is driven by small businesses. Right. And small businesses, 40% of restaurants last month uh, could not make their rent. Mm. Having to choose between paying employees or paying rent, they chose to pay their employees. Mm. There's some 30% of small businesses across the country that are heading towards bankruptcy. Uh, and uh, so the large corporations have fared, uh, have also felt the impact, and you're seeing it in stock. But what is, what is particularly troubling to me is the fact that I keep seeing this as almost a design to produce um, a place where you don't own anything. Because the ideal goal of communism and socialism is yeah. the government owns it and lets you lets you use the property. Yeah. They're buying up, and if we talk about it, they're buying up uh, farmland. They're putting farmers out of business in Europe because the government wants to own all farmland mm. and turn it over to their own corporations and NGOs who will tell you what to eat. So this obsession with controlling the populations is part of what's driving the instability and the destruction of free enterprise, which if it's unleashed properly, could still produce in the United States untold wealth. If Trump was, his policies were being applied, we would still have the economy Trump had. Mm -hmm. So economic policy is a reflection of ideology. Right. And ideology is now becoming hostage to a fake religion mm -hmm. that is out of, which is at odds with reality. Yeah. And we'll go into it. It's, environmentalism is a is a religious obsession mm -hmm. with those that have it. 
It's like their apocalypse. We're talking about the vision here. Their vision is all their prognosticators are talking about global uh, climate meltdown. Right, yeah. And they are fanatical about changing everything to get yeah. things saved. So, um, it's just so concerning that there's a concerted effort to destroy. We've seen it all through what we've gone through the last two years. Well, almost three. Has it been? Oh, my Lord. That is shocking when I think about it that way. Um, you know, to destroy the small business and medium-sized business, to destroy families, uh, to, to take away incomes, fathers, uh, unless they get, you know, a, a medical experiment happening on their body that they might lose their jobs. All of this is really crazy. And what Trudeau is doing with the climate thing, and for goodness sakes, you know what really bothers me? It's the cricket factory. What are we doing with the world's largest cricket factory or whatever it is in Montreal? I mean, we don't want to eat bugs and we shouldn't be doing it, everyone. How much you want to bet that there's going to start being the bug, the bug addition to our favorite restaurant on the menu? Watch for it. Bet you anything. The, 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 yeah, yeah, you know, instead of the like heart healthy meals, you'll have, you know, the little symbol beside it, they'll have a little crickets, little cricket. And this, this has a little bit of, of the bug juice in that is so good for you. Healthy protein and good for the environment, climate change, you know, eat bugs. Uh, how much you want to bet that, you know, pretty soon we'll have some sort of bug patty, right? In our burgers, you've got the veggie patty. They're, they're going to have the the bug patty, I just know it. It's just disturbing. All right, couple of news items. Uh, something kind of cool. Uh, people are standing up all over the world. So 96 doctors, um, 96 doctors in Quebec are calling for an immediate end to the vaccinating, to vaccinating children for COVID. And so this is really, Steve Kirsch is putting this out. Uh, just a bit of news there. I find it fascinating that in in a world where a lot of doctors are not doing anything, so what does that say? A complete, and I'm trying to read that blue part there, a complete and immediate ban on the vaccination of children in Quebec against COVID-19 is necessary, if only under the precautionary principle, first do no harm. And isn't that good? I mean, the we could have sort of some common sense ruling here. This isn't about vaccinate or anti-vaccinate. Vaccinate. Uh, it's not a, you know, we, this does not have to be divisionary. What about we just think about first doing no harm? Isn't that the first sort of um, rule and the first oath that a doctor takes is that they're not going to do any harm, that that they will think through all of the possible remedies and you would only do something that would be good. And so when we know the data on the fact that kids are not getting COVID and when they do, they're really sailing through it. It's very, very few deaths. Um, and that is usually with comorbidities. Um, and when we know the VAERS reports and, and um, the number of kids actually that have 
died, you know, after taking the shot. That's very concerning. So let's let reason rule. Let's let good thought. Can we have um, a meeting of the minds on this? Could good people stand up? And that's what I appreciate about these 96 doctors. And then I also have a share there, JT, that I put up. And uh, this is reporting on... um, now I just have to find it. I don't know where it went. Oh, here it is. Okay. Boom. So Ron DeSantis, another stand-up guy. Um, as long as I'm around, he says, children will not be required to get the coronavirus jab. Excellent Florida Surgeon General Joseph Ladapo spoke out prior to the CDC panels, ACIP 15 to 0. Um, this was a deadly vote assuring that the standard will not change in Florida and DeSantis doubled down on that sentiment on Thursday in Florida. That was yesterday. Um, I think that it's very important that these governors and people of principle, and they're hard to find, aren't they? That they would stand up against the constant. Uh, Yesterday, we talked about the hatred that is building There's only one way to get through this, and that is by speaking out, standing up, and standing with him, for Kim. Um, Is there anything else, JT? No? Okay, we're good. I'm Laurel Lynn Tyler-Thompson. Thank you very much for supporting this show. Thank you. uh, If you would like to help us do what we do, which is not with any support at all from our government or any media companies, If you would like to support the truth that we tell, because everything that you've seen here today, you will not see on CBC, CTV, or Global. You absolutely will not. You will not see even the real news. I mean, this this interesting stuff about the 96 doctors standing up. Please, somebody send me. If if you see it on the nightly news, if you happen to be watching it, which (laughs) many of us are not, um, do let me know uh, what you think, you know, uh, about about our show and the truth that we tell. So if you're able to go to our website, there's a little donate button there. You can click that. (coughs) And we very, very much appreciate anything that you can do. And we love you. Thank you for your support. And if if you're not able to support, it's okay. Uh, We just are so glad you're here. And we're so glad that you're willing to, um, to stand with us and also we want to remember uh, Sun City Silver and Gold Um, I'm just gonna do a cough can I push the cough button I feel like maybe I got a little bit of my lipstick on the back of my throat again Um, also I have been having the worst um, allergies I don't know if I've had late onset allergies come on but I'm actually allergic to my dogs I think And uh, so, you know, sneezing, kind of feel like that, but it's not a cold. Like, I don't feel sick. I feel allergic. So very annoying, I have to say. Uh, But many of you are thinking about what to do with your finances. And as we talked about what what Lance Walnow was just saying uh, about our economy and what they're doing, there's some safe places to put your funds. And I, I believe safe places right now and... It's not me, it's the experts that we've been talking to on this show, the experts that we've been listening to and reading up on, that silver and gold is one of the best bets. So I wanted to let you know, if you feel to do that, because I feel that pressed on my heart, that you need that information, then 
please go to Sun City Silver and Gold. They are a group that we trust. That is their um, that is their email right there. And Steve Merrill, he made that up. Sovereignize is that what it is? Sovereignize uh, at protonmail.com. He made it up. Isn't that funny? So I love you all. I want to leave you with a scripture today. And um, oh, where was the scripture that I picked out? Do you know what I do? I find it, JT, and then I don't move this thing to, I think I'm moving it. And then, oh, Lord only knows where it is. Okay, so I was in uh, Jeremiah this morning, and... Um, I actually listened to a good portion of Jeremiah in the night. What an amazing book. Oh, it's back here. There it is. Oh, maybe I... No, it wasn't. Oh, so annoying. Jeremiah... No, okay, I'm getting laughed at now. Start the music. <laughs> All right. The word of the Lord came to me saying in Jeremiah 1, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Do you think God knew you? before he even formed you isn't that a stunning sort of thought that he knew that you would be funny he knew that you would be strong-willed he knew that some of you would not like doing what someone else tells you to do but you'd have your own mind that's probably why you're watching this show because I'm like that. <laughs> I don't like. I don't like um, other people telling me. Definitely, what goes into my body. Definitely, don't appreciate being told to do things that I feel might be harmful to myself. But I really love that the Word of God tells me that whether I'm a problem. You know, my dad. He did say that. Well, she's no angel. She's a problem. <laughs> my own father yeah so I had to tell him stop saying that especially in front of the judge no anyways long story um the word of the Lord came to me saying before I formed you in in your womb I knew you you know our parents didn't even know us the way God knows us right your brothers and sisters don't even know you your husband or wife your special person your best friend does not even know you the way God knows you. Why? Because before, like when your mom and dad, okay, I don't want to get too personal, but you know, they're thinking, you know, the gleam in your father's eye and all that, and they're going to make a baby, right? God's like, okay, into that womb, we're, we're putting this little egg and we're, we're putting this little soul, okay? <laughs> Shooting it down the chute to get to to that womb, that soul, because that soul actually has always been there. Because before God formed us in the womb, he knew us. So he kind of looked at us like we were just a little soul, let's say, you know, just a little nebulous thing here. And he's like, oh yeah, this is good. This is gonna be good for Mildred and her husband, Jerry. You know, they wanna have a baby. Well, this one, oh, this one's gonna give them a run for their money. Ah, it's gonna be fun to watch this, eh, Michael? Right, Archangel? And so he shoots down your little soul into that egg and sperm as they collide. And there you are. And God knew you before your parents knew you. 
He knew who you would be. All of that fun that you are. Well, some people don't think you're so fun. You know that. But he knew you. Is that not the best? And if he knows us, then he's got this. And we can trust him. And we stand with him. I've loved being here with you. Thank you for being here with me. God bless. You know, it's not easy to deliver the truth of what our sick world is doing. But for some of us, we feel that we have no choice. Because if we are silent about these abominable things, then we are letting evil go unchecked. And we cannot do that. For those of you wonderful people who are writing me and are sharing your encouragement, I am deeply grateful. Thank you for all the letters that you've been sending. Thank you for the donations and the support. I found out that in order to speak the truth, you have to become very, very strong. If you would go to my website at www.lauralyn.tv, you'll find all of the ways that you can contact me. Remember, my friends, all is well. All is well. Thanks for joining me.